And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Batter up! Welcome to No Bunts, the podcast for the casual baseball fan here on the Athletic Baseball Show. I'm Tass Mellis in studio in Atlanta. And with me, as always, it's super producer JD. Here I am. Hello. <laughs> hey, JD. And with us, as always, from Taiwan, it's our man, Joel McMillan. Joel, how you doing? Especially because I switched the time up on us. We're recording here on a Tuesday. We usually record <laughs> on Wednesdays. I'm headed to the NBA Finals tomorrow on Wednesday. Very excited about that. So I did this to you. It's midnight for you, Joel. How are you? Feel good, Tass. Little, little sleepy. It's like... Uh... When I was in high school, you know, staying up for those Jays games on the West Coast. Sometimes you just gotta gotta play through the pain. You gotta do it. <laughs> yes, and as us East Coasters know, games are on the West Coast. <laughs> gotta stay up late. Is that a West Coast ballpark you've got behind you? You change your your backdrop every single week. Tass, you would be correct. Yeah, had to had to go out here and uh, represent uh, the A's with all that's gone on. We're going to get into it later. But uh, yeah, I've always loved the Coliseum. I know it's not exactly the nicest stadium, but uh, I saw it referred today as the world's best baseball dive bar. And I thought that was a perfect uh, analogy <laughs> for this park. I've always loved the Coliseum, so had to represent with the A's. Yeah, love seeing all that foul ground behind you. We had some mm. uh, some possums who also have made it their home uh, this season. Uh, that story earlier when they displaced the uh, the Mets broadcast team earlier this season. Great stuff. Yeah, I'm wearing a green and gold shirt. I did not plan that whatsoever. But yeah, we will talk about those A's and how abysmal they are uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to anger some people when we talk about Mike Trout's greatness because from a casual fan's perspective like myself, I, I, I definitely might peeve some people off, but you'll put me in my place as a, as a hardcore baseball lover. And you're out a little later. We got to eliminate the career of a Hall of Famer who didn't win a title. What? But first, the five best things in baseball over the past week. Yes, baby. We're starting with Pete. We have another home run chase. Joel, the Mets' Pete Alonso, as we record right now on Tuesday, is on pace for 60 home runs. No NL player has hit 60 since Bonds had 73 way back in 2001. So, Joel, get us started here. Tell us about Pete's chase, his very eventful week, and if you think he'll get to 60 dingers. Uh, he's on pace for it, for sure. Um, <laughs> so that means you, you don't know, think he's going to get there. And I'm with you. I don't no, think I mean, but I mean, it's. I feel like it's, it's every year there's always a guy that gets off to a hot start and he's on pace to hit a ridiculous amount of home runs. But, like, as it pertains to Alonzo, I mean, I think he could do it and test just – Looking at the numbers here quickly, since 2019, Alonzo is first in home runs, RBIs. He's seventh in slugging. He's sixth in ISO, which measures raw power. And his career barrel rate of 14.1% is almost double the league average at 6.7. He clearly is one of the best power hitters in the game today. You know, talk to me maybe in a month or two in terms of him breaking 60. But, I mean, he's having a great start to the season. He's definitely on pace. And he definitely has the ability to do it because, like I said, he is one of the best power hitters today. Great stats that you threw out there. Uh, As a casual, I sometimes do forget Pete Alonso's greatness, so I appreciate that. It will be difficult uh, for him to get there. He's played in every game this season thus far, so he's right on pace. He may miss a few here or there, although he did play in 160 games last year. And unlike mm-hmm. when Aaron Judge did it last year, 
Alonzo is right on pace while Judge was ahead of pace last year and, you know, had a little bit of slack, a little bit of wiggle room. Judge obviously missed a little bit of time earlier this season, although he's he's picking it up. He's jumping over walls and, mm-hmm. and catching balls as well. So that's uh, magnificent uh, stuff from him on the field. There was also a, uh, a little <laughs> side note from him somewhat off the field, but also on the field, Joel. What, what's, the, what's the story there with Alonzo? So Pete Alonso hit a home run last week against, I believe it was the Reds. I'm not sure, but basically he was up to bat and uh, nature suddenly called. (laughs) And he said, I was swinging at that pitch. Like no matter what I had to get back to the dugout. And uh, he ended up hitting a home run, did the lap quickly right into the uh, restroom there. And uh, I think it was a happy ending according to him. (laughs) Great stuff. That's pretty crazy. You know, pretty crazy, pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. He, he had to swing at the next pitch, knocked it out, mm-hmm. went back, and took care of business in the toilet. Uh, he has been uh, – he's had a great year. Yeah, he uh, um, he had that walk-off a while back uh, against uh, the great Tampa Bay Rays and Pete Fairbanks, yeah. that three-run dinger. So he's had a great season, and he's just adding to the lore when you got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and you can still hit a home run. So, great story. Yes, definitely one of the best things in baseball from the past week. Moving on, this was also great. An umpire was caught on a hot mic mocking a Marlins challenge. Just to set it up here, Saturday, Memorial Day weekend, everyone thanking their veterans here in the United States of America. The Marlins at the Angels, top 10th, bases loaded. It looks like the Marlins hit into an inning-ending double play. We're going pitcher-catcher, first base, one, two, three. But the Marlins reviewed because it appeared the catcher never touched home as he tried to turn it. Now, we're going to play you the umpire on the hot mic. So we're going to play a short review. You'll hear the announcers and what the umpire said clear as day. Roll it, J.D. Now, home plate umpire C.B. Buckner had a really good Miami's look at it. challenging the out call at home plate. But the Marlins are going to challenge that. They got their heads up their ass. they got their heads up their ass according to the umpire they did not spoiler alert um the the best part is the call was overturned they scored that run as uh as the player ran home and they scored again and the marlins won eight to five great stuff i wonder if it was the home plate umpire didn't like the fact that his call was being challenged joel what are your thoughts on this Home plate or this uh, this umpire? I shouldn't say it was the home plate umpire. I feel like it was though, uh, who was yeah. angry. Tess, I feel like this is normal banter. This is normal stuff you would hear during a game. I'm sure this is yeah, just common talk, and it just happened to be picked up on a microphone, which is hilarious. And then the fact that it got overturned is even funnier. But I'm sure they speak like this all the time. I don't think this is uncommon. Are you telling me we shouldn't? In- have included this in the five best things in baseball this week? Well, no, we should have because it was picked up on a hot mic. Like it was absolutely hilarious. It cracked me up. Yeah. But am I, am I surprised by it? No, no, sir. like absolutely not. No. Are you Aaron Boone has said a lot worse. Am I surprised? No, I, I guess it's different. I, I bring up Aaron Boone. He's been getting into it with umpires all the time. Oh yeah. The, the difference is though, umpires talking about a review like yes it's the same sort of language that you hear when an umpire gets into it with a manager Mm -hmm. but to take sort of this angry tone about uh, a video review i guess it's not surprising it's just it's just strange Uh, yeah it's strange it's unprofessional but it was hilarious it was picked up yeah yeah Uh, i i haven't done the background to see if this umpire is going to be reprimanded punished in any sort of way probably not uh that's that's probably the end of the story marlins win marlins win they've been awesome i was watching Mm -hmm. um randomly over the weekend the rugby the english rugby premier league like or the the grand final or whatever the finals of the of rugby okay the refs mike was hot the entire time like (laughs) talking over the the announcers and he I was just like, who is talking? Like, where is this coming from? And I realized it was the ref, finally, because I just came into the game, like, at the very end. Interesting. It, yeah. I was like, we got to we gotta have this all the time. All the time? And every time, every time a player <laughs> would talk to them, you would hear it. They would pick up. Like, so you were hearing 
the full conversations between the ref and players. And, you know, it was it was fascinating to watch. I, and I, I thought maybe it was a mistake at first, but I think that's just the way they do it. That is interesting if they're picking up player conversations as well. I don't know how I would like the 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 dual listening of having to listen to announcers and the referees at all times. It was confusing at first, yeah. Uh, but I, I got used to it, and I was enjoying it. Like, it was crazy. It was just, like, kind of cool how just casual they were with each other. It was like, yeah, you were over here, mate. So that's why I'm giving you this, and we're pushing back. You guys want to scrum, or do you want to kick it? You know, that kind of thing. Like, it's just totally mm-hmm. casual. I, I guess the audience, unlike uh, an American audience, is accepting of the occasional swear word <laughs> yeah. i would guess <laughs> i would think <laughs> because it would seem like the yeah, the fcc wouldn't let that happen yeah. here uh, yeah yeah be, and that's what we've always asked for it covering the nba um to have this audio only feed in mlb it's we're, we're going to have a show a little later on in the season basically outlining how the mlb has changed and made it a, a far more entertaining package with all the camera angles mm-hmm. uh, and all that and part of it is getting mic'd up yeah, it was a couple days ago. Matt Olson here in Atlanta was mic'd up uh, as his teammate Michael Harris was going back and making an over the fence catch. It was an awesome catch. Not a great reaction for Matt Olson, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's the kind of thing that's made baseball entertaining. At first, when mm-hmm. you said referees, I said, ugh, I don't want to hear what no, the referees know, yeah. have to say. But even watching the basketball uh, EuroLeague Final Four, I heard the referees in the review little scrum huddle that they were doing and they're basically saying give me a better angle than that give me another angle can you scroll can you roll that back i like it in doses totally. of course to, yeah. to be immersed in the game yeah i will say that i only watched like 10 minutes of this thing it was mm-hmm. the last final 10 minutes hey but. well thank you for doing your uh, your umpire officiating homework <laughs> uh all right let's, let's move on uh this isn't one of the best things in baseball this week at number three of our, our list of five here it's it's quite literally the opposite end. It could be record-breaking in the worst way, but we have to talk about it a little bit. The Oakland A's lost 45 of their first 55 games, which is a first in the modern era, and their relocation to Las Vegas, which seemed kind of inevitable at first, although there were lots of holes being poked in it. It's clearly up in the air, as you outlined on our Instagram account, Joel, no underscore bunts. What is going on in Oakland, Joel? Um, it's definitely not good. Uh, but <laughs> Tass, like you said, I think inevitable is kind of the perfect word to describe this. It's very hard to get a read on the situation, Tass, because in kind of like getting the information for this, you read kind of conflicting things slightly. Some people sound more uh, kind of fatalistic that this is going to happen. Other people kind of feel like there's chances it could be overturned. Uh, They had a public kind of discussion about this last night. There was an interesting thread about it on Twitter, but it's just a bad look for baseball tasks. I think if MLB wants to go to Las Vegas, they need to do it through an expansion team to do it at the expense of an iconic franchise like the A's. I just think it's a terrible look. The owner's clearly not interested in all at investing in the on-field product. And this is not an aberration task. Like this has been going on 20 years with the Moneyball A's. Like he just continues to reap the benefits of owning an MLB franchise, but putting no investment into it at all. It's not fair. And it's at the expense of the fans. And Tass, these people in Las Vegas don't really want it. It's around three quarters of the people oppose this. So it just looks bad for baseball. It looks terrible for the A's. And I just wish it wasn't happening. I hope that a local owner kind of in the 11th hour comes through and MLB uses some of the tools at their disposal to possibly block this. But I mean, I don't really know what they can do from like a legal standpoint, but I just hope they stay. I don't like how this is is playing out right now. It looks bad. Yeah, there's two sides. There's off the field and on it. On it, they haven't been investing in the team and the record shining through uh, to mm-hmm. illuminate that. They're on pace to go 31 and 131. That's uh, oh, awful. Th- yeah, the major league record for losses in modern-day baseball uh, is 120. That's way back in 1962. So they would beat that. They wouldn't beat the all-time record, which was the uh, the Cleveland Spiders. Um way back in 1899. I just wanted to say uh, 
Cleveland Spiders there. And then there's the off the field uh, part of it, which you mentioned. Owner John Fisher uh, has not put the the money into it, and he will be reaping the benefits of getting the same amount of revenue sharing, even though he goes to Las Vegas, if that happens, mm-hmm. um, going from the nation's sixth largest media market to the 40th, uh, but still getting back the same revenue and still most likely not paying to put a good team on the field. There's a great article by uh, Ken Rosenthal on The Athletic outlining mm-hmm. what Fisher is doing here and what he's done in the past and and his failings in moving the team, which have happened over and over and over again. So this potential move here to Las Vegas, absolutely not a lock, uh, as we've uh, we've said on the show uh, multiple times. And I guess their, um, their pace maybe did tick up as I, I throw out those numbers uh, out there. They started 10 and, and, and 45. They did win yesterday. Uh, so they're 11 and 45 now. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe yeah. they'll, they'll avoid the, the terrible mark of, of the 1962 yeah. Mets. And Tass, I just kind of want to add this too. Like if you're a resident of Las Vegas, like I can understand why you don't want this. Someone like an outsider is going to come to your town and is requiring basically the taxpayers to foot, you know, a quarter of the stadium cost with the tax incentives. Like I get, you know, like we've seen this play out again and again, where, you know, stadium proposals, there's all these potential benefits they discuss, but a lot of them never come to fruition. And yeah, I can understand why residents of Las Vegas don't want to be on the hook at all for, for paying for the stadium. I completely get it. All right, moving on to something that is actually one of the best things in baseball this week, other than that sad situation in Oakland. It's Mariners phenom Julio Rodriguez starting to look like himself again. Last year, I fell in love with this guy as a rook. He was phenomenal, uh, and and I just don't like how this season has started for him. Last year, rookie of the year, he got MVP votes. He's hit the sophomore slump to start this season, but... But starting to look like himself, six consecutive multi-hit games. That's that's like Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez territory in, in terms of how young he is and the multi-hit games. His OPS has climbed over 100 points over the last eight from 656 to 762. Things are looking right. No need to panic. And maybe it's all because of a recent deal that he signed with Alaska Airlines. What? Well, this is a good promotion. A lot of times we get bad promotions, Joel. This is a nice one. For every home run he hits in Seattle, 44 fans in the section it lands in will win a free round trip flight of their choice. That's pretty Perfect. great. That's great. My question is, what if he hits it in the bullpen like he has? I have <laughs> what if it's not in an actual section? Or is it do they just pick like the closest section? Cuz they should. Tess, you're asking the wrong guy on that one. I'm not like the sure. Bullpen that's a great question. Yeah. The bullpen is big. The bullpen is quite large, right behind the fence. There's just there's literally there's no section. There's no seats there. Uh, so yeah. so people could. I be, don't know what would happen. Yeah, and maybe that's part of Alaska Airlines's scheme here. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's one. Tass, of those. quick question for you yeah. and JD: Where would you take a round trip? Uh, where would you want to go round trip right now if you had the chance? Where where are Alaska Airlines flying? Are we going worldwide, Joel? That's a great yeah, worldwide. Question. Just yeah, worldwide. Wow. Anywhere. All right, JD, you take this first because you are oh, uh, you it, are the explorer. Tokyo for me. Nice. That's a bucket list. Oh, gotta I'll come go. and meet you. Yeah, I'll come. I've and never meet been you. to Asia, so oh, yeah, please come. But I want to start come. in Tokyo. It seems like uh, you know that I'm. That's the the the, the country I'm most fascinated with. Um, but you mm-hmm. know, I, I would, you know, I would travel all through Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, you know, uh, I would even okay. get to your neck of the woods there, uh, Joel. Oh, I'm uh, here. You got a place to stay. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and, a, and a great internet connection. I guarantee you that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it is a good internet connection actually. We've gotten okay. through it. It's not non-sarcasm. Uh, when you have this type of question, when you, when you have a free flight, you got to go far. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm ever going to make it to Australia. Mm. Otherwise, so I got to make that my pick. Uh, that's that's the one for me. Yeah. Is it because you're wearing Australian colors as well? <laughs> Am I in the grand final? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's a tough tough question, but uh, I wonder like what these are probably economy trips for flying coach. 
I imagine. But yeah, but you can upgrade. Oh, that's a good point. Very good point, JD. Take the free flight and then you upgrade. That's nice. the move. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Smart. All right, moving on here. The last item here on our list. Five best things in baseball this week. The return of 25-year-old Canadian Mike Soroka. When I said we were going to do this, Joel, I brought this up to you. You said, oh, you love your Braves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this story. You do. I do. I do. Yeah, it's I mean, a good story. Um, 2019, he was a Brave star. He was second in Rookie of the Year voting. He was an all-star. He was sixth in Cy Young voting in 2019. 2020, he tore his Achilles. The next year, he tore the same Achilles. He had a hamstring injury this spring, and Monday he made his first start in nearly three years. I even received an email from the Atlanta Braves about this before, before like early in the morning on Monday. Mike Soroka is back. You might want to make it out, well, to to watch him. Uh, anyways, it wasn't a, it was it wasn't about watching him. It was. Just to watch the game, uh, wasn't wasn't watching him in person is what I'm saying. Uh, so the Braves, yeah, sure, they lost to the A's in Oakland. That was the the 11th win of the the A's season. Uh, but Soroka back is a great story. Yes, I love the Braves here in Atlanta. I definitely am partial to them. But I, I could I could have made this a huge topic. Acuna had two hits in mm-hmm. one inning. Spencer Strider fastest to 100 Ks in the modern era. Amazing stuff. Just 61 innings, but the Soroka loss doesn't matter. Just, just great story. And, and listen, let me let me add on to that. Liam Hendricks that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, making his minor league starts, overcoming stage four non-Hodgkin lymphoma. He's in the majors. He pitched his first inning. Royce Lewis's return to the Twins as well. A, a great story. So all that, Joel, Soroka, Hendricks, Lewis, Acuna, Strider. I love my Braves. Is what I'm saying. As you should test, as you should. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, I mean, like such a, such a feel good story, you know, with, with Hendricks and, you know, Soroka happening the same night, like it's, you know, it's perfect. Uh, you know, I feel it's kind of cliche to say at this point, but you know, how can you not be romantic about baseball when you see stuff like this and just the perseverance and just the sheer will and, and determination to get back to this, you know, like, you know, to overcome all those things they did. It's just fantastic to see. Okay. That's the end of our list. Uh, we got lots of other things to talk about. We're going to talk about some of the greats, including Mike Trout, after this quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to No Bunts. I got to warn people, the conversation we're about to have might anger some people, might <laughs> might elicit some comments like, what are these casuals talking about? Well, listen, I'm the casual here. Joel is the hardcore. So fire all the vitriol at me. I, I It's on me. Throw it at me. Uh, because we were talking outside of the show, offline, as people say, about uh, Mike Trout's Greatness. He just passed Joe DiMaggio on the all-time home runs list. He passed Griffey in the career wins above replacement category. Uh, And there's just a gap between how the casual fan perceives Trout and how the hardcore fan sees him. Like you, Joel. Yeah, well, Tess, I mean, let me kind of just ask you. Like, you as a casual fan, like, I'm curious, what do you think about Mike Trout? Like, how would you assess him? Well, yeah, I was off the, the, the hardcore baseball bandwagon for a while, no doubt. Grew up a baseball fan, 
Jays were my first real championship. Then the strike happened, and then the Raptors came to town in Toronto. Then Vince Carter happened, and so I veered, I veered in a different lane. I'd say the last twenty-ish years, <laughs> the two thousands, I was more of a peripheral fan. So I'm the perfect person to ask about mm-hmm. Mike Trout's perception outside of the hardcore baseball world. And I would say he is an incredible talent. I, I've known that, that he goes and wins MVPs that has had very, very, very little playoff experience. And mm-hmm. to some degree, he's a bit faceless in that you don't really know his personality Unless you're a hardcore baseball fan. I mean, I shouldn't say personality. We often don't know the personalities of these players. But he he isn't uh, a household name by any means. And so whether or not that's baseball marketing and the Angels marketing or that's just a lack of postseason success where I've watched most of my baseball over the last couple decades, I think that's mm-hmm. – it, it's a little bit column A, a little column B, but that's who he is. Three MVPs, Joel. So it's undeniable how good he is. Uh, but yeah, he ha- he has remained uh, a guy who hasn't transcended, hasn't penetrated the the dining tables of America, that kind of thing. So there's that. There's there's those two sides of it. That's how I would put it. Um, Tess, I would frame it exactly the same way. Even as a like, even as a a bigger Mike Trout fan and someone who you know uses uh you know extensive analytics to to judge a player, the three things you said: extremely talented, very little playoff success, and basically a a faceless guy, not a household name. That ticks all three boxes for me. I feel like that perfectly encompasses what Mike Trout is. And I would say Tass, like not, not only, you know, like I said, to a casual fan, but to someone such as myself. Okay. So as we talk about Trout here, uh, he has been given this label as an all-time great. Like one, one of the all-time greats here. Another all-time great, Ken Griffey Jr. Similar situation in that nowhere close to a championship, uh, but Griffey is looked at more favorably than Mike Trout. Why mm-hmm. Why is that? Tess, that's a great question. I think the big thing is the timeline in which they were kind of at the apex of their greatness. Griffey was great during a time when baseball card stats were kind of all the rage. That's what, you know, casual fans and hardcore fans looked at home runs, RBIs, average you always saw Griffey too, like on Sports Center. I feel like he was just much more a- available to see, if that makes sense. But he was just, I feel like, always on the top 10 highlights every night on Sports Center. So his greatness came at a time, and there's also much less media as well. So I feel like he just had more exposure. So I feel that's one reason why. As it pertains to Trout, Trout basically became a generational talent shortly after the advent of advanced analytics. And there's a large contingent of fans and that contingent continues to grow now tasks where, you know, they use advanced stats to judge a player. Now you still have a large contingent task of fans who don't use advanced analytics. And so a guy like trout for whatever reason, I truly don't know, but for whatever reason, trout seems to be a lightning rod for those guys. Uh, Chris Russo is a perfect example of this. Like he acknowledges Trout's greatness, but you know, he kind of dismisses war and he dismisses all the advanced metrics. And he just says, well, you know, like he hasn't won a championship like that perfectly, you know, encapsulates like that group of fans as well. So I would say the timeline in terms of when their careers and when their greatness uh, took place has had a great effect on, you know, why people see Griffey more favorably versus Trout. And Tass, you also touched on it earlier too. You mentioned Trout being a faceless guy. Tass, that definitely adds also to Griffey's mystique. He was in Nike commercials. He was in movies. You saw him all the time. Whereas Trout's just more of like a chill dude, wants to be a good teammate, but that's kind of it. Yeah, Griffey ran for president. I saw on a uh, a video (laughs) on, on the Athletic Baseball Show YouTube account. The coolness factor is definitely 
affects the way the casual fan perceives trout Mm -hmm. Uh, to really appreciate trout you you have to actually evaluate him and uh, i i am more yeah on the the casual end of things here when it comes to baseball and i i would never try and proclaim that i know more about a guy's career or try and somehow compare him or put him above somebody else without actually number one talking to somebody like yourself that follows the game a lot more closely or has over the last uh, period of time uh, for a long period of time here and the greatness is is extremely real let's go to an expert Jason Stark who's covered the game for a very long time he's a hall of famer Um, and he would put Mike Trout in the Hall of Fame literally right now. Mike Trout is 31 years old, and he recently wrote about uh, players who are either inevitable Hall of Famers or on the right mm-hmm. path or have no chance. Trout, at 31, has three MVPs. He's second in MVP voting four times as well. Uh, that That is ridiculous. So based on those MVP votes, more MVP shares than all but three players in history, Bonds, Musial, and Albert Pujols, all of whom played twice as many seasons as him. So as a casual fan, all that to say, I really didn't know all of those MVP voting uh, final yeah. stats. I just I just didn't know that. So he could literally retire right now and he would be he would be up there. But as you said, I think the biggest thing that we're getting to is the analytics divide. Some people who don't mm-hmm don't care. Some people who don't see the, the lack of uh, playoff success as a, as a detriment, but some people do. And so that brings us to our next question. Do you need a championship to be in the consideration of the goat discussion? Oh, Tass, this is the, the age old debate. Oh yeah. Got to do it. We just, I I just, I just semi ridiculed the old, the old sports heads for saying, oh, these guys aren't going to think they didn't win that. And then I just I just bring us right back. This is a real sports talky segment. But yeah, I, 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 we, we, we haven't talked on the show about this. And since you live on mm-hmm. a different continent, we haven't talked about it offline. Let's do it online. Let's bring it online. Do you need a championship to be right considered now. the GOAT? Tass, uh, uh, personally speaking, I would say no as it pertains to baseball because baseball and football are unique sports where individually you can clearly be the best player on the field, but you're so reliant on what the people around you are doing. Um, so if like if you could be a great player on a bad team, which Mike Trout is, it unfairly affects your legacy. Like Mike Trout can only be responsible for going up to hit three to five times per night. Um, like that's all he can do and obviously defend and things like that. But if the pitching's bad, the defense bad, they lose games. That's, that's not on him. I get it from a casual fan standpoint where they say, yeah, but you need a championship. There's just There's always going to be that contingent who just says a guy needs to have a championship to, to, to even make the argument that, that he's the goat. I don't I'm not going to say it's right or wrong. I personally don't feel in baseball you need to have one. You could make a case for a guy like Trout and even really Bonds for that matter. They never won a championship. Um so me personally I don't think you need a championship to be considered the GOAT, but I don't know what do you think? No. You don't. You can't put it on somebody's shoulders to be able to pitch. I guess his teammate does. His teammate does both in Shohei Otani, but Yeah. No, there's there's it's just not logical. It 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 is the inevitable trophy that everybody is looking for, and and when you discuss the best teams ever, the best dynasties ever in baseball, then yeah, that's a, that's a different type of conversation. But yeah, you you brought up uh, mm. a, a good point about baseball and football as well. It's not in their. But hands. Tess, I had a question for you though. Is there an NBA player that you can think of off the top of your head that never won an NBA championship, but could like you could make somewhat of a case that he was considered the goat of a certain era? I don't know if there's like a comparable NBA player. Can you think of one? It's a different sport, so the answer is no. Okay, the, the, I think the NBA is is different in that, and a player on the floor at all times, running up and down mm. the floor, affects both ends. And can have the ball in his hands 
a lot of the game and affects the game so much more than Trout, who's sitting for half the game uh, while mm-hmm. while his his pitcher pitches. It's totally different. So no, if you don't win a championship in the NBA, then you can't be considered a goat. But I think in baseball, it's fair to say the the opposite. It would be nice. Like we're going to talk about some all time greats in the next segment <laughs> where we we discuss. You know, more it's more of a a real casual fans uh, debate. Which career would you rather have? Essentially, from some of these guys like, like Griffey and Gwynn um, that didn't win a championship those guys got close i'm sorry griffey did not no gwyn and bonds we're going to talk about those other those two got really really close that's the stinky Mm -hmm. part about trout he's played three playoff games they got swept in a division series you i think you can allow him to be more of the conversation he would win more of the casual fans votes if he was close like if he got to a world series like bonds or like Gwen, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I'm sure you're gonna go to bat for Barry Bonds uh, as you know one of the greatest ever. We'll discuss that later on, but uh, that's mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's it's tough. Um, it's a tough scenario, but I don't think it's required, uh, Joel. And and, and uh, I mean the coolness factor of Griffey is is a factor. Mm-hmm. It should be a, a factor, I think, as as for some people. Um, how how his his cultural impact essentially so mm-hmm. there we are uh, well let's get to the, the final question about trout before we move on to some of those all-time greats if trout doesn't win if he doesn't get that title how will he be viewed by all types of fans i think ultimately it will be a tragic tale it'll it'll be a case of you know what never was and kind of what should have been um but within that kind of overall segment of fans i still feel there's going to be two different kind of points of view on his career for non non analytical fans i i i think a lot of them will say he was overrated he never won a championship that that will just kind of hover over him but for fans who are a bit more analytical minded, they'll just say that dude was an unbelievably talented baseball player for a very extended period of time. We witnessed amazing things. I mean, regardless of, you know, if he didn't have any playoff success, like over the course of 162 games, this guy was, you know, an adult among boys out there playing. I mean, he just makes it look easy and he's playing against the best players in the world. So we, truly have witnessed and continue to witness something great with him. Although he's clearly, he's going to be 32 this year, I believe, you know, we're going to see the back of in back end of his career. We don't know how he's going to age, but what he did to us from basically 2012, you know, to 2022, it's unreal. They're video game numbers and he's still adding to it. It's just, you know, we truly are witnessing something great. I said that was our last question, but I, I do want to follow up because he's he's thirty one right now. Do his thirties matter in terms of how much he accumulates or, or the stats that he puts up? Does that part? I know it's unwritten, um, but in in terms of mm-hmm. just comparing him, like let's say as our our man Jason Stark wrote, like let's say he retired on Memorial Day uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and he goes into the hall. I mean, what what? Will his thirties really impact the way people perceive him unless he wins a title? It'll just add to his overall greatness and the aura of his career. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think that narrative of him not winning a championship. I mean, I know I kind of sound like a broken record with this, but you know, we don't know how he's going to age, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's going to be the big missing thing. And I hope that, you know, he comes back to play. I think he's committed to the next World Baseball Classic. I hope that, you know, even that he's able to win at least a competitive tournament to have something to show for the greatness of his career. Like, like at least he has that. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. He'll be, you know, he'll be a few years older. And he's and Taz, he's not the best player in baseball anymore. He's still a top 10 talent for sure. Probably even a top five if healthy. But he's not the best player in the league right now. Okay. One that last. time is coming gone. All right. One last question then. Sorry. I, I just, <laughs> I just got to hit this now since you live in Taiwan, we don't see each other in person. 
what if Griffey was playing in this era of analytical stat heads? Like how would Griff, oh. the great Griffey, I know it's difficult to, to throw somebody into this era, but yeah, the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, how can you somehow try and summarize that as I put you on the spot here? Oh, Tass, you didn't give me a chance to make notes on this. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I got no notes. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's I think he could... would be like I think he'd be a phenom. I, I still think like his his body type, like his athleticism, you know, even though that's from, you know, Griffey's peak was, you know, 20 years ago. He was still like a freak athlete, you know, for his time. So how would he do in today's game? Yeah. I think and how he'd would he still be, be an excellent hitter. How would he be perceived? Yes, uh, when all said, let's say let's say it's it's difficult, like just to transplant eras. Like he has his career, but in the two thousands. Oh, oh, he'd be he'd be doing well. Yeah, he's just got that personality. Him killing it on social media, the <laughs> shoe, everything. Yeah, I think he'd be doing well. Yeah, got to see him uh, take batting practice as as the the hitting coach for the American team at the World Baseball Classic and. That clip blew up, so yeah, I'm sure he would he would do well in in the uh, the game around the game. Uh, there's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. Uh, so that's that's yeah, he would still have an incredible career. Um, he is a special player, but yeah, he is somebody that had a cultural impact that you can't really even all even the analytics that we have today you can't quantify that. Uh, so no, you can't. A special guy. Okay, well, we've got some more Hall of Famers to talk about in our next segment. Let's let's get to that. We've got to take a break, but coming up, we have to eliminate one Hall of Famer's career in another edition of You're Out. When you get injured, you don't want to wait for answers and options. That's why it may be time to explore the Nano Experience, a revolutionary treatment option designed to help active people get back to the lifestyles they love. Nanotechnology allows surgeons to see inside even the smallest joints and treat orthopedic conditions with a tiny camera and other nano instrumentation, all through a barely there poke hole incision. Wherever you've experienced an injury, whether it be a foot and ankle, hand and wrist, shoulder and elbow, knee or hip, nanoarthroscopy can be used to diagnose and treat your condition in an extremely minimally invasive way. Don't wait to learn about the revolutionary nano experience and how it could help you or someone you know after an injury. Visit arthrex.info slash the athletic. This is not medical advice and is not meant to be a substitute for advice from your physician. Talk with your physician about your health condition, potential surgical risks, and whether Arthrex products are right for you. Postoperative management is patient specific and dependent upon your physician's assessment. Individual results will vary. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. Welcome back to No Bunts. Learn something new in the ad break. Just heard a, an ad for Blue Moon. If you're hearing the same ads uh, as I'm referring to, first brewed in Coors Field, Colorado. Didn't know that. Didn't uh, know. No, I was uh, at the ballpark with our, our man Seb, who we had a, a show with uh, a little bit earlier on in the season in April. And when I was in the ballpark, JD, you were there last year, and I ha- we're in the hanging, hanging, having some some terrapin brews. Yeah, uh, because that's <laughs> that's what 
Seb, the uh, associate pilot brewmaster of Terrapin. That's what we had to have. So it was when I did pick up a Blue Moon, it was a little later in the game. I didn't mind a little, a little of that orangey flavor. Mm. He he frowned upon that. Did he really? Oh yes. Gave me gave me a quick cut because up. it was because it was Blue Moon or because it like uh, because it question. was an orange in there or because it was not a Terrapin brew. Yeah, good question. Probably both. Probably the flavor profile and uh, and the fact that we're hanging. Mm. And uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed my terrapin. I I had a few Los Bravos yesterday. So yeah. Anyways, I love those, but I like a blue moon too. Yeah. Hey man, you can time like and both. a place. Time and a place. There's, there's room for everybody. Great call. <laughs> uh, let's play another edition of Yura. <laughs> How are we going to do this, Joel? How are we going to do this? We have to eliminate one of the careers of Hall of Fame players. Now, one player isn't in the Hall of Fame amongst these three. There's a very good reason for that. But we have to eliminate one of the careers of Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr., Tony Gwynn. Three greats that did not win a championship. How do you pick, Joel? You start us off, please. Cass, this was extremely tough, and I picked these three players. I don't know why I made it so hard on myself, but uh, no, no easy answers here. No easy answers here, and no buns. Um, Cass, I really like Bonds for sure. Like I'm keeping Bonds, and so it really came down to Gwyn and Griffey, and I kind of went back and forth, but ultimately I've got to basically cut Gwyn. Gwyn was a generational hitter. He's probably the best pure hitter. I would say like from the last at least 30 to 40 years, just in terms of, yeah, like he's the best pure hitter. Bonds is the best power hitter. Griffey's kind of a combination of the two. He's a great power hitter, but he could hit for average as well. Um, But when I look at like situations like within a game, like base running, defense, power, Gwyn only I really need if I need like a, a clutch hit, like he'd absolutely be the guy he'd be the guy that I'd want in that situation. But beyond that, like that's really it. I would want bonds or Griffey for the other things. And Bonds's career achievements are just unbelievable. I like, I'm not going to rehash about bonds. We all know, you know what he did, but the fact remains the record books say bonds. He had video game numbers. You can't just ignore that. And Tass, just to put this in context, Bonds's career war is double Griffey's is over double. Like that's absolutely insane, you know, and he played into his forties. He was still a dominant player. Griffey, like you said, cultural icon, great player would have been even greater if he could have stayed healthy over his career. So for that, I get rid of Gwyn, but it with a heavy heart. <laughs> the best player clearly, as you said, doubling Griffey in war is Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most feared hitter of all these guys. It's I know it's impossible to quantify, but it sure feels that way. It's it, mm-hmm. it, obviously the walk rate um, definitely proves that out. Uh, so yeah, the, I, I'm with you. Follow if I'm following who the best player was. Yes, as you did. The conversation comes down to Griff and Tony Gwynn. I think what mm-hmm. what impacts me is that. Tony Gwynn's great years, uh, in part, were a little before my time um, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. He got to a World Series in 84 and 98, which I'd somewhat forgotten about considering the the Padres' lack of playoff success uh, when I became, became more of a fan uh, a little bit later on. He had success getting to the World Series, unlike Griffey, uh, mm-hmm. who did not. Uh, he, he, he didn't get there, and... So that's that's part of it. Griffey, the coolness factor, so huge. You, you say mm-hmm. Tony Gwynn, pure hitter. He also wore nineteen. Love that number. It's it's kind of it, that's why it's this is difficult, and that's why I'm actually I'm going to drop Bonds. I'm a wow. I'm a I'm a baseball purist. He's not in the hall for a reason. Uh, I am uh, <laughs> I'm sticking with the I don't know why, but I'm sticking with the Hall of Fame voters. He's not there. I stand with them. I salute them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not a revered bunch. Uh, I understand that. 
So this is this is a tough one. This is the toughest one I think we've done uh, in yeah, your show. Sure. I don't know why you did this. Why, why? <laughs> had to had to turn it up a notch. <laughs> uh, JD, do you have uh, an opinion on Gwen Bonds Griffey? I mean, Barry Bonds is my go-to pub trivia answer whenever there's a baseball question and the answer is a player <laughs> because it's you know it's a good call. It's. It's a well. It's a, the safest bet I have. Um, I guess I'm going to go Gwyn because I I know the least about Tony Gwynn. But that's it. I don't yeah. know anything about baseball. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> You're making this sound like gold, uh, and adding witty remarks like that. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's that's a smart move at the pub. Yeah, seven time MVP. Uh, just throw them in there. Oh, it's the worst for me when it's like baseball. Actually, it's worse when it's NBA because people know me as a, a, a an NBA podcast producer. So they expect me that everybody looks to me at the table, you know, <laughs> when I'm not with you guys playing trivia. It's just like, oh, NBA. Cool. JD's here. He's going to know. Like, <laughs> 50-50 at best. But yeah, baseball. Yeah. Barry Bonds. That's it. Rance Mullenix. And uh, Barry Bonds, those are my two answers. <laughs> <laughs> All it. right. So uh, a, a couple Gwyns by the wayside, unfortunately, the late, great Tony Gwynn. And uh, I'm dropping Bonds. Got to do it. Got to do it. Uh, tough one. Tough one, Joel. It's not going to get tougher than that. I, I know you said you turn it up a notch, but next week when we're back, regularly scheduled programming, there's no way we're going to have a tougher one than that. Who knows if we'll have a year out, but that's, that's as tough as it gets. What if next week it's – Blue Moon, a Terrapin Los Bravos, and a something else, <laughs> and a Budweiser. <laughs> well, You're out. Well, I easy. guess we already know that. Yeah, yeah, that's way too easy. That was way too easy. <laughs> you ended it with the answer. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff, everybody. Joel, appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're checking out our social media page. Joel doing some great work on Instagram, no underscore bunts. Check us out on the Athletic Baseball Show YouTube channel. We're back next Wednesday back to regularly scheduled programming I'll be back from uh, a quick jaunt to Denver to watch first two games of the NBA Finals excited for that thanks Joel for Joel for JD see you next time As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.